Welcome, everyone, to Lessons with Mike. I'm here with... Oh, Joseph Walker. Yeah, today we're going to be talking about aliens. Well. Sort of, kind of. <laughs> That's fair. So I, I was doing some uh, some research on this last night. There's a whole theory about this. It's called uh, panspermia. And the idea is that microscopic organisms populated earth and the human species and all the other animals so they hitched a ride on meteors or comets or space dust or whatever and landed on earth and that's where we all came from yeah i've I've definitely heard of that oh yeah yeah and it's interesting because like there are some types of creatures have you ever heard of a water bear a what a water bear no is it a bear that lives in the water no, it is not even a bear, and it doesn't live in water, so it's a very um, uh, deceiving name. Uh, it's actually a very small uh, creature. It's about two millimeters long, and they have shot these things up into space, and they can survive in space. Oh, is it like a tardigrade? Yes, that's what they're called, tardigrades. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, so it's very interesting. Why would something on Earth evolve the ability to survive in space? Doesn't Why, why would that even happen unless, you know, maybe it came from space originally? That's that's uh, one thing the theory talks about. I mean, that's definitely interesting. I, I don't know. I, like, I mean, it's certainly possible. Yeah. And then when you look back at all these ancient civilizations, there's a show called Ancient Aliens that goes over the possibilities of extraterrestrial involvement in all these ancient civilizations, the pyramids, the, um, the Olmecs. The, the heads on Easter Island, there's all kinds of theories that say aliens uh, had to have shown these people techniques on how to build these. Uh, a lot of times what this really is is just racism because yeah. you're thinking, oh, there's no way these people could have built these structures. They were primitive. But the reality is that a lot of so-called primitive people were a lot more advanced than a lot of people tend to think they were. Yeah, and I mean, I think that like, I think there should be a lot of room in science and discovery for things to be unexplained and for us to be like, hey, we don't really know how something was made. But at the same time, it shouldn't ever take away from the fact that it's like um, the like all the evidence points toward, you know, these these ancient people made this in this specific region. And like there's no reason to believe that they weren't, you know, capable of doing it. Unless they, you know, they absolutely just weren't, but just, I mean, I don't know. I think a lot of it goes back to like European classist and racist thought, uh, during the ages of discovery and things where they were, you know, they would like when, uh, British, like, uh, archaeologists first went over to Giza and were like digging up different areas and tombs around the pyramids and things. And I mean, that, I know there was a lot of like debate and um, things suggesting that they, the people there couldn't have made those pyramids, that they had to have had help that uh, there was like theories of like uh, they called it Hyperborean Atlantis and things like that, where these advanced uh, people from this ancient society had, shown and given like help to different like civilizations to grow and build things that were like you know the great pyramid 
Yeah. Or just the big stuff that's more hard to explain. Yeah. And a lot of that stuff just ended up being, you know, theories that helped like build racism and, mm-hmm. uh, and stuff like that. Sorry, I'm not the best communicator. No, no, you're good. You're good. I see what you're saying. And a lot of times we, we make things more complicated than they need to be because the pyramids are really, when you break it down, really heavy rocks. And no matter how heavy a rock is, if you have enough people, like let's say you have a thousand people with ropes and pulleys all trying to drag this rock 50, 520 miles, however long you have to drag it. If you have an unlimited labor source, which the Egyptians did, they had a very large slave population. And if you tell them, you're going to drag this heavy rock or we will kill you and your entire family. You lose that rock. Yeah, they, it's not. And you don't really have a way to fight back. There's no way to rise up and resist. I mean, because that's the same thing as just not doing it and dying anyway. So when you have an unlimited labor force that you don't really have to care about uh, being overworked or overexhausted, because if three or four of them die, you just pass them on to the next workers. These tasks become a lot easier than they would be in modern conditions. And, and that's a good thing but that that we can't do these things today under those same conditions. We definitely should not be able to do these things uh, under the same conditions because we would have to go back like really far back to be able to pull that off now. And that just would not be ideal. Yeah. Um, I definitely like, I was looking online and I saw some like uh, conspiracy theories about the uh, pyramids and stuff. And that there are more than we know about. Yeah. Uh, like there there's supposedly some in like uh throughout like South and Central America that we haven't discovered yet and um <clears throat> I've been seeing some like things uh claiming to have seen the tips of pyramids peeking out of the ice in Ant- Antarctica and I I don't know. There's like a bunch of conspiracy theories surrounding all of it. And I think it's really interesting. Oh yeah. It is very interesting how you have the, the central South American cultures built the same type of structures as people on the other side of the world in Egypt. And yeah. there are a lot of correlations here. Like they, they match <clears throat> the points, the pyramids can connect to uh, astrology, the, to the pointing of the stars. Yeah. It's very interesting how they were able to figure all this out. So even if you look at just the construction, there's other aspects beyond this, like where they were situated. And it's very interesting how they were able to pull this all off. Yeah, no, agreed. And I think think part of it to me is just like, uh, scientists have usually pretty much agreed that like there was no cross-pollination between cultures Mm -hmm. until somewhere around like probably about a thousand AD, uh, somewhere when, when Leif Erikson, you know, made his journeys and even that's still sometimes debated, mm-hmm. but like, there's enough evidence to, to say that it's likely that there was some sort of cross culture exchange in, in, in ancient civilization. Like, cause and there's just like, you have, uh, I can't remember exactly where it's at. B, do you know? Have you? Do you? Uh, do you know what those big heads are? The Sphinx. <clears throat> no, no, no. Well, I mean the Sphinx. Oh, the Olmecs. Yeah, the I think heads. so. Yeah, yeah, like really, really big, 
and in several different uh, depictions of uh, heads and things like that in different Central American art, uh, you they depict like very large nosed, uh, very like prominent like facial features that like the natives at the time more than likely didn't really have. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of a lot of the like the facial features resembled uh, like more of like the ancient African tribes and things like that. And it's like, well, how would they have had contacts? to do that unless people were like traveling across. Exactly. And when you think about it, like the, the North American slave trade obliterated a lot of African culture and history and oral traditions. Yeah. Once you were kidnapped or sold into slavery, they didn't let you speak your own language. They didn't let you have any kind of reading or writing. And if you were caught speaking your own language, they would beat you because they didn't want the slaves to communicate. So, over time, this entire culture and history was lost. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the richest person that's ever lived uh, was Matsumusa, Musa, uh, an African character who was in the, around the 1300s. And he was the wealthiest person in history. So it's very possible that him or someone like him existed and explored or sent out ships or had some contact with people in north or south america at some point and the evidence of this has just been lost yeah i i would say that's very likely i think i think there's a lot of uh a lot of room for archaeology and science to discover things throughout you know the next I'd say the next 50 years or so with uh, they've got this uh, technology called LIDAR now, mm-hmm. I think it's called, and it like scans through dense forests and stuff like that and can pick up different features on the, the forest floor. Mm. So like, that's how they're discovering so many more like different uh, complexes and, and like archeological sites throughout, you know, the world. right now. Oh yeah. <clears throat> and I think with more, uh, like more archaeological teams and uh, excavations and things like that going and, and searching these sites. I think we might get more, you know, links into the, the, the real picture of what was happening. Mm-hmm. And, and something else too about, about the heads, uh, Easter Island has some, has the Easter Island heads, right? No, we yeah. have been known about for hundreds of years or whatever. And uh, it was only in 2012 when it was discovered that they weren't just heads, but they were entire statues with bodies that was just over time as sediment and dirt is piled up. Most of them have been buried. So yeah. I can really see was the heads. So they did some digging and they were all surprised to find that they were actual bodies and whole statues of actual humans and not just heads. Yeah. So over time, who knows what <laughs> all kinds of stuff gets buried or lost. Like you can just go out to any place really like an open field area. If you just dig a little bit, you'll find all kinds of Native American artifacts like arrowheads, uh, pieces of spoons, bowls, all kinds of stuff if you know how to look for it. Yeah, and I mean, also like, so uh, I, I, I'm i not an expert on this, but I thought I just, this is a tangent, but I think it's really interesting that for the longest time, people have thought the oldest, like, human civilization or not civilization exactly but like the oldest like human 
I guess, like ancestrage. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, in North America, dates back to like the Clovis period, which I think is around like ten to twelve thousand years ago. It's something like that. Yeah, something around that. Yeah. Um, it's around the last ice age, and um, and it, Clovis comes from like this. It's some sort of like uh, stone point on their uh on their weapons. Mm-hmm. It, it's called a Clovis point, I think. Um. But that's what they were named after. It was a very distinct, like, form of technology they had. I mean, it's just a it's a point for a spear or an arrow. But like, it was more, you know, it was it was separate than you know what they had seen before. Anyhow, they you know they were. I believe it's Clovis was the furthest back they thought that you know human life in North America had had been, which was only you know like ten thousand ish years ago. Mm-hmm. And at sites like Topper in South Carolina, I think, and uh, I can't remember the other ones, but there's several different sites in North America where they're finding like um, human like elements and, and, you know, bones and Mm -hmm. pottery and things from like way further back. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, actually, you know, humans have been here in North America more than likely a lot longer than I thought. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I don't know. It's just like, I, I think it's just really interesting what we lose in history because it just, you know, the ground covers it up. The oceans sweep it away. The, the it's, it's blown by the wind. It will never know a lot of the things that ever happened. And most of these early cultures didn't have a, a form of written, language they would speaking but they wouldn't have any writing systems they had no way to actually uh, recount and like save any of their knowledge or traditions uh batteries for example like there have been like batteries like primitive types of batteries discovered hundreds of years before uh electricity and was actually used uh by you know regular modern humans so this if this information was kept and not destroyed or lost, then society could be much further along advanced. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. You have things like uh, the Library of Alexandria. Burning that probably set human civilization and advancement back hundreds of years. Oh, absolutely. This one isn't as well known, but the largest uh, naval army that's ever been assembled, uh, larger than the Spanish Armada, larger than the British and English Armada, and it was around the same time, too. It was a Chinese fleet. And what had happened was the next person who became emperor of China said, this fleet is too massive. The destructive potential is too enormous. I want you to destroy all of it. And because you can't really say no to the emperor, they destroyed their entire fleet because he didn't want it to go into the wrong hands or be used for destructive purposes. Wow. Yes. But if that had continued or if someone had came along with the mindset of using that to actually explore and conquer uh, it, it would it would have been much different. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like I, sometimes I wonder if, like, let's say, like, sometime in the next few hundred years, there's like mass nuclear war or a really big, you know, like plague or epidemic or something, and it wipes out most of humanity, and you know what's left survives. And- like 
is set back to basically the dark ages or, or worse. And, you know, humanity evolves again. I wonder what in thousands of years they'll be picking through of ours saying, you know, the aliens, there must be aliens because the, the humans couldn't have built this. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, I mean, if you see like the massive, like just massive freaking skyscrapers or like different computer systems that like they they wouldn't necessarily make it, but elements of them would. And it's it. I wonder. I sh- I just wonder like if society reset happened, and you know. Like what they would be looking back, seeing of us and being like, well, you know, they were just really spiritually attached to this clown guy with like food involved. And they yeah, had they would go there, they would, uh, they would present him offerings of green paper and plastic and and they would worship him constantly. <laughs> and in return, they would get what was called a happy meow. <laughs> That there's probably some sort of sexual, uh, religious dynamic into this that we just can never understand. Yeah, single mothers would often go to 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 the Ronald of McDonald's and never mind. But yeah, no, I mean, I I don't know. They often would uh, sacrifice their children in the ball pit <laughs> to throw it back to the '90s, but never be seen again as a sacrifice to the the great grimace. <laughs> Grimace. I forget Grimace existed. I was right at the end of that. So you're a few years older than me. So, uh, but it, like right as I was uh, a kid is when McDonald's started stop being fun and they started being more corporate. Yep. That's a trend that I've noticed in like pretty much all fast food restaurants. They used to be fun and unique, but now they're all just minimalistic, corporate, generic nonsense. Yeah, like, like I, I remember driving around like. We used to visit Georgia to visit my grandparents and stuff when we were kids. And one of this, there was this one Burger King somewhere around Macon, Georgia, and it had like this castle style playground. Oh, yeah. And I remember driving past it every trip we took down there and wanting so badly to go play on that specific playground because almost every McDonald's or Burger King or, or, you know, whatever uh, fast food place, they had a different kind of playground. All of them were extremely different and really cool. And like, even from one McDonald's to another McDonald's, the playground was different. And a lot of you wouldn't know what was there until you actually went on and played on it. Yeah. And like, I dude, I remember so many times, like, like my dad would just take me and my little sister out for McDonald's or Burger King and we would just play for hours in the playground. And uh, like, now I think about it, I'm like, you know, it's kind of gross. Like (laughs) out of snot and gross kids. Like, yeah, there's no way it's sanitary at all. (laughs) No. And I mean, I only go on a health level. It's probably a really good thing. We don't have, you know, play places anymore. Yeah. But, like, I, I don't know. I just remember going to Chick-fil-A in Gastonia to, to and going in that, you know. That... Oh, yeah, that's gone too now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember uh, the McDonald's off of uh, in Franklin Square. Uh, yeah. That's the one me and Jesse always would ask to go to because they had a big room. 
uh, in their play place. And we would go into this room. It was like a padded room. And we would just beat the crap out of each other. For oh, fun. yeah. The blue room. <laughs> yes. The blue room was the bomb, dude. We used to, I used to like organize fights up there when I was a kid. <laughs> Did you uh, run an underground fight ring at the McDonald's play place? Uh, well, no, because you can't talk about Fight Club. Right, right. They're, they're going to come after me just for alluding to it. Yeah, to be honest, I just named it, so I can't, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're coming the, uh, okay, the rule is you can't talk in detail about Kid Fight Club. Okay, okay. We we can talk very, very vaguely about it, but we're not going to yeah. give anything away. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the rule. And since no one ever wrote this down, the, it's 100 years from now, the only evidence of this will be my podcast. That's true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Man, things were so much different. It just goes to show how much society and culture, like just as long as we've been alive, the culture and the 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 environment has changed so drastically that imagining the shift, like let's say someone uh, falls asleep in an ice cap, like a Captain America situation, wakes up a hundred years later, you wouldn't be able to recognize it. No. And even going back as far. Like, we speak English, but even if we just went back 200 years, we would have trouble communicating with anyone because the language has evolved so much. Uh, Putting us in, like, 1700s, 1800s America, it would be a struggle for us to communicate. Yeah, I mean, I think we could probably understand them for the most part, but we would have to be so very specific in the way we communicate with them because they wouldn't understand us at all. Oh, yeah. Like the way our the mannerisms our speech patterns it's completely different michael if you could teach them one phrase from like the last 20 years what would it be like if you phrase somebody from the 1700s one like phrase or one like idea what would it be Mm -hmm. the concept of something being badass that's fair that's a good like, I imagine, like, I'm teaching Abraham Lincoln this, and uh, as he uh, denou- announces that the slaves are freed, uh, he just says, this is a badass moment in history. And I just feel like that should be, you know, incorporated in uh, all the uh, the important speeches. <laughs> That's fair. It's incorporated into the American uh, Constitution that uh, the, the uh, State of the Union is called the badass State of the Union. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like it would improve morale a lot. I mean, yeah, I think so too. Um, what are you going to teach the, uh, the the ancient peoples? I think it would be hilarious to go back into like the colonial period and teach them the phrase "That's not very cash money, bro," <laughs> and then see the variations of that through time. Before long, it would be, "Brethren, that is not very cash money." Or that is not very paper money. <laughs> and <laughs> bro, do you even have coin? Do you even lift, that, bro? We'll teach you. Yeah, them that are, brethren, dost thou even hoist? <laughs> uh like that or like honestly just like t- I I I struggle because like if I could go back in time, what I really would like to do is just like bring them like some conclusive evidence that this is from the future yeah, and what society can be in its best form. Mm -hmm. And then like give them all of the, the tools and like 
uh, moral and like hygienic guidelines for a better society and be like, you know, this might help. And just, you know, just drop it and see what happens. Just give them one bar of soap. You know, there's a story, <laughs> like a, sh- a short story I read on Reddit years ago where a random iPhone gets sent back in time to the uh, colonial period. Uh, and this, I don't, it's a pretty long story, but the story ends with George Washington killing himself in a church. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's a very depressing story. Like the whole world goes to war trying to, you know, claim ownership of this iPhone and then when someone finally gets it, the battery dies. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, man. But there is something else. One thing, it's hard to say how far back you can go because, you know, these changes ripple, they multiply. But something relatively recently I would go back and do, I would go to 1972 and stop Nixon from being elected somehow. God, that would be great. I don't know how I would pull it off, but I would figure out a way. Redacted. Redacted. Uh, oh, man. No, just drop just drop the evidence. Like you came from the future, just uh you know where the tapes are at. Just well, I mean been yeah. spying on his, you know, his other like Wait, well, was he spying once he was already president, or was he spying on his uh a competitor while they were running for president. Oh, let me tell you, this is what he did to actually win. He sabotaged the peace talks uh, by making a deal with the North Vietnamese. Yes. And that is the scummiest thing I think any president has done in recent. Oh, agreed. And honestly, he should have been executed for treason for that, but. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, between him and Henry Kissinger, like thousands and thousands of men died in Vietnam for no reason. No reason at all. And not just Vietnam, Cambodia and Laos were bombed. No yep. one knows why. Like, why? What's the point well, of it? To tie it back to the beginning of this podcast, aliens. Aliens? <laughs> no. Kissinger's an alien. You know, that would be... No, that, that's not fair to me. But, yeah, I really don't want to do that to the aliens. Yeah. We can't use aliens as a scapegoat for humanity's own problem. No. To be honest, yeah, that that's pretty much all people want to do. <laughs> if they do. Um, no, like, if they ever do talk about aliens, often they are the scapegoat. Yeah. Or we scapegoat, uh, like, the, I don't know. Ooh, you just gave me a very interesting idea. So, you'll understand this. Anytime growing up that we, someone disagreed with us, they're, they're just possessed. They're just a demon. They're just not even – like this politician, oh, they're a demon. They're not even human. Oh, dude, yeah. I Constantly I heard that. Obama was the Antichrist. Yeah. Why is he the Antichrist? Because he disagrees with us. I'm going to go out on a limb and say there were some racial issues in there too. You know, you know, you know that might have something to do with it. <laughs> But, yeah, so what was your point? The point I'm getting at is, whether it be aliens or demons, we look for ways to dehumanize people because we are so set in our own mindset and mentality that the concept of anyone else believing different from us automatically makes them less than human. That's, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. 
and it's really stupid. And they're, the only way that I can think of to move beyond this is by having conversations with people who disagree with you. But then most people aren't even willing to do that. So I guess we're just stuck in this infinite loop of depression and sadness. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm willing to have certain conversations with certain people yeah. from outside my perspective. But at the same time, I... I don't know. I think I'm, I think I've finally arrived at this place where I'm just like, you know, I've tried to be nice for so long. I've tried to like agree to disagree for so long with so many people. Mm -hmm. I kind of just at this place where I'm like, you know what, this might not be the most mature or healthy thing, but maybe I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) This person can go, like, you know, like, figure their own life out, and I don't have to make it happen for them. There's a place for that, absolutely. Like, uh, there's no negotiating with Henry Kissinger. No, no. There's no such thing as finding common ground with him. No. You know, he's still alive. I, I know, and this is a fact that I have to wake up to every day. I know. God. It's the only reason I have my CNN headlines turned on for notifications, just in case. (laughs) That's hilarious. Every time I see that flash on my phone, breaking news, I was like, oh, did he die? No, it was the queen. No, there's just another war in the Middle East. (laughs) Another one. Oh, great. Who's bombing who this week? You know, probably America bombing someone. Who knows? I don't know if that ever stops. It's just a continuous thing at this point. You know, I I, I read a stat this week. Uh, take a guess how, like, what percentage of, of time since America's founding uh, that it's been at war. Okay, so America's about 250-ish years old. Yeah. So there was the, the first war, and there was the war for 1812. So that's like, uh, it's like 10 years in total for both of those. Uh, Civil War is about five years. Uh, Well, we've technically been at war longer than both of us have been alive. So that's another uh, 27 years. Yeah. Uh, Vietnam was like, what, 20 years? Uh, So I'm going to go with at least 50%. Well, in the fact that you didn't go under 50%, you were absolutely right. (laughs) However. Oh, is it worse? much higher oh no you see so there's the revolutionary war there's uh the different skirmishes and wars in the middle east uh that the jeffersonian era had to deal with the war of 1812 uh the mexican-american war the spanish-american war world war one world war two the civil war I'm, i'm not going in order obviously um the indian wars as they're called um there's the Cold War, the Korean War, Vietnam, and in between all of that, there were little wars we've been involved in, and the stat came down to, after all of it, America has been constantly at war for 93% of history. That is so sad. I was just like, where was the 7%? <laughs> Uh, I'm going to take a guess and say the 7% was like in the three days 
uh, the first three days, and then that was it. <laughs> Let's see. Okay. Uh, America founded 1776. Um, there was a little bit of break after the Civil War because uh, we didn't really have anyone to, to do the wars since most of the soldiers were killed. Yeah. Okay. So, like, uh, do you have a calculator in front of you? I don't. Yeah, I'll pull up the calculator real quick. So seven. So two thousand twenty-two minus seventeen seventy-six. That's two hundred and forty-six years. Two hundred and forty-six. Um. What's uh, point zero seven? So times point zero seven. That comes out to seventeen point two two. Seventeen point two years of peace. Two hundred and forty years. You know, this is supposed to be the greatest country in the world, but uh, that's less. I'm older than the amount of times America has been at peace. Same. I mean, honestly, I I do kind of. Okay, this is gonna be controversial. I love controversy. Bring it. I do think America might be the greatest country in the world currently. However, I don't think that means it's good. Great and good are two different things. I think I I don't mean great in a positive way. I mean it's like it's a massive landmass, yeah. uh, compass so many different biomes and ecological uh, like areas. Um, we hold uh, you know many different cultures and belief systems. We uh, we have one of the world's largest and most robust militaries. We have a very like long last democracy up until you know like the last couple years. We'll see what happens with it. And like we, you know, we have had you know some of the most like um, I guess like society like changing things like uh, the first you know plane ever flown, uh, the atomic bomb. And I, we've made a lot of scientific discoveries for good and for bad. Um, and I, I, I would argue that America is probably great, but it's not good. You so, could write a whole book on that. I mean, somebody could. I'm not eloquent enough for that. And I'm not be eloquent to write a book. Freaking uh, Mr. Bean has written a book, I'm sure. You'll be fine. Far more profound than I. <laughs> I stand by that statement. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So to wrap it up, uh, aliens. We've, we've, we just went all over the place with this one. Well, okay. Okay. Let me try and tie it in some. Yeah. Let's so, find a through line. Let's, uh, we were talking about like ancient civilizations for a little bit. And like uh, the way that things, you know, like the way the information and uh one person's like life experience can be passed down to, you know, future generations. And it's, you know, barely it's, there's barely like a shadow of what really happened left. Yeah. Uh, we, we talked about all that. And like, do you ever wonder not to, but do you might ever wonder if, you know, there could have been aliens that visited long ago. And, you know, all we have is 
the the shadow or the, the like or the the little footprint left that is like different religions talking about visitors from the sky or you know yeah. uh technologies we don't understand how ancients created but they did what do you think so it's definitely possible i think that aliens that that this whole idea that we that you see it's a lot of cultures and this was relatively recent because it used to be a lot of early religions you look at like cave peoples or neanderthals or other types of uh, primitive humans they they worshiped uh, statues that resembled animals and it's theorized that these statues are representative of the different creatures that they would hunt and yeah. it wasn't so much a religious thing but like a reverence thing oh we just killed this deer we're going to build this statue of this deer uh as a sign of respect so that's one theory but then if you go back more recently the religions shift from being focused on things that we can see and that we can understand into things that we cannot understand the, yeah the polytheistic religions and even transitioning to monotheistic religions so at some point there was a shift from the real and the tangible to the beyond and mm-hmm. it's certainly possible that some sort of alien or maybe someone imagined an alien or maybe someone had a schizophrenic meltdown and just made something up one day you, who knows there's really no way to know yeah and I mean, I think that, like, I think it's interesting because, like, for the longest time, what many people would have called magic, we would call science. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, you know, I mean, I think everybody's kind of had that thought before. Mm-hmm. Like, I, what we would call the divine, like, we might not would call that in a thousand years. Yeah. Like, right now... um, like, let's say if someone shot a fireball out of their hands, most people would be like, oh, that's that must be something magical, miraculous. There's no way this is actually real. Yeah. If you go forward in time a little bit and technology gets to a point where you can do that. Uh, and of course, it'll be used for a weapon. Oh, of course. Yeah. But then, of course, just like you were saying, as understanding builds, the mystical becomes more uh less mystical (laughs) yeah it's more methodical you understand the the science the methods the reasons behind it yeah and maybe a lot of these religions were just ways to come up with answers that they could understand and now that we have new answers we should phase out the old answers (laughs) yeah i mean it's it's always you know i always wonder i don't know if i would say i believe aliens have ever been here before I don't know that I believe, you know, that, you know, there, there were Roman gods or anything like that. I, actually, I do know that I don't believe that. But, like, I, it could, you know, it could be. Who knows? Um, but, I like, I think that the alien idea is really cool. I do believe there's life out there. Yeah. So I guess it's not that far of a stretch. Definitely, the way I look at it is this. Now, this is an episode I'm doing later with Jesse uh, about the Femory Paradox, so we're going to go into a lot of depth when that one comes out. But basically, for the universe to be as big as it is and for us not to have detected intelligent life uh, means that there either isn't any or that we're not looking in the right places or we're not 
our understanding of evolution could be completely different. Like something could have evolved differently on another planet is the point where we can't even see it with our senses the way we've evolved. Yeah. What I think is most likely is that once a species gets to a certain point, it inevitably conflicts with itself and dies out before it can, you know, leave the planet. And we're seeing that now uh, in human beings. We know the planet's dying. We know the environment's falling apart. And we see these billionaires racing to try and get to space. But the reality is it will take another, at best, 100 years before it's feasible to live off planet. And none of these billionaires will make it to that point. No, I think if, if you... If you took out you know, their impact on the earth and you took out negative things, I think what they're doing with trying to go to space is a really cool, good thing, theoretically. Mm-hmm. But in, you know, raping and pillaging the earth and the people here, basically, with capitalism and, uh, like, using that to fuel your, like, your, you know, your thrust for the stars, it's like, let the government handle the space stuff um and like i i I don't know maybe like reallocate the money that whether it's you know willingly or you know government enforced reallocate some of that money to the people who actually need it like in mississippi where right now in jackson there's no clean drinking water yeah it's terrible that people you'll have people who don't have access to water people starving to death on the streets and you have other people who can just, because they get bored, drop half a billion dollars to go to space for two minutes. Yeah, that's disgusting. So that's what I'm thinking right now, is that it's not really feasible for a society to get to the point where it can travel between planets or between star systems. Uh, because I think that if even if just one civilization figured out how to do that, we would know about them. But... I don't know, or it's also possible we're the most evolved species in the galaxy, which I don't think is likely at all. So, no. I mean, genuinely, I think like if there's aliens out there, they either have some sort of understanding that we are not evolved enough to be involved, yeah. or that um, we're not evolved enough for them to care anything about coming over here. It, we we're just not worth it. <laughs> yeah, I mean. They're, they're native tribes uh, on some islands that, like, still exist today completely isolated from the rest of, you know, the globe mm-hmm. that, like, they don't want to advance uh, technologically. They don't, like, they want to stay on their island. They want to live in the culture they have. And we, at this point, finally, you know, we respect that, it seems, and... I think that's fair. I think that's like, if they want to do that, that's great. And I think like the best we could ever hope for if there are aliens is that they are willing to respect our boundaries and us being as backwards and uninvolved as we are. And they would just allow us to grow on our own or even maybe help us. But the little uh, ecological preserve they have out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. We're we're just, we're just in the alien zoo. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks so much for being here. This was a really fun one. It was. It's always fun, Mike. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Be sure to subscribe. We'll have some ads at some point. Joseph is putting those together for us. Very excited about those. Woo. All right. Thank you all for listening. Bye.